This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Today marks the beginning of Heart Health Month, and there's a special focus on women's heart health. A new report from the Heart and Stroke Foundation shows that there is a major lack of understanding of the differences between men's and women's hearts and how they have to be treated. Now, whether you are a man or a woman, if you're one of the millions of Canadians living with hypertension or high blood pressure, then you know how important it is to manage your heart health from helping you understand and manage your medications to providing information and to help support a heart-healthy lifestyle. Your pharmacist is a great accessible source, and he happens to be right here to take your calls and answer your questions again about managing your heart health and, of course, any other questions that you have. Uh, Dean Miller, welcome and thanks for stopping by. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. Good. I just want to give the numbers uh, again before we get into the nitty-gritty of our conversation. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking heart health or any of your pharmaceutical questions. Uh, so it's really common to be on heart meds. Probably the most common medication outside of your general antibiotics and things that everybody uses. But, you know, when you look at the segment of the population that uses drugs the most, senior citizens, you know, almost everybody is on something, whether it's this, you know, a water pill, a diuretic, all the way to seniors that have multiple, multiple medications, um, you know, that, and, and they're all... You know, there's hypertension, there's diabetes, you know, there's high cholesterol. It, it's all sort of connected and, you know, it's all called heart disease. So, so hence, um, you know, the role of the pharmacist becomes pretty important when it comes to managing, you know, these different medications and conditions and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's not only conversations about the medications, but it's conversations about the uh, conditions as well. Uh-huh. And the things that people can do also in terms of uh, diet, exercise, all of that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the pharmacy has become a, 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 you know, a lot of pharmacies that I know have become a bit of a destination for, for, you know, different devices and and things. I mean, many, many people are testing their blood on a regular basis for, for, for glucose, you know, even things like uh, Fitbits and things, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's many pharmacies that sell those now too, because, you know, it is uh, something that, Actually, we'll give you some really good information about, you know, how fit you are. And, and they're becoming much more sophisticated nowadays as well. So Now, this year for Heart Health Month, uh, the focus is on women's heart health. As a pharmacist, uh, is there anything you see, you know, are there different doses of drugs? Uh, you know, how, in your experience, are women treated differently or not differently enough? Well, I think the good news is that women, I think, are more likely to 
get out there and actually uh, interact with their pharmacist in a, in a big way. And that might be just sort of something that that you know they've always done and felt a lot more comfortable with. Whereas men seem to have a reluctance to to do that. But but I think um, you know what we're starting to see now is a lot more. I know even in my career, and I've been at this a long time. There's a lot more women, it seems to me, and I don't have numbers around it, that that have, you know, some serious heart-related issues versus, um, you know, what it used to be. Because it just, and it could be, you know, a product of, you know, many more women ha- holding positions of, of you know, executive positions and higher stress roles and stuff than say back in the in the '60s and the '70s. And could it also be that back in the '60s and the '70s, because women experience it differently, have different sy- symptoms. It just wasn't recognized. Well, that's that's very true as well, uh, uh, Libby. And a lot of like old school thinking was all related to hormonal imbalance and all kinds of things and all these old wives' tales. And now we're a lot more sophisticated. We know a lot more. And uh, as a result, we're starting to see uh, um, a lot more focus, I think, on women's health. Um, you know, I, I, I mean... Just a comment, but women are much more compliant than men are. Uh, you know, they've used uh, you mean med- taking their drugs? <laughs> yes, exactly. When it comes to adhering to their medications and things, so that's that's a really positive thing because you know we probably don't talk enough about that on on this show. Is that drugs only work if you take them right? And, oh yeah, and, no kidding. And uh, and uh, you know, there's so many people that you know one. One doesn't uh, do the job, so I'll take two. Two doesn't do the job, so I'll take more. You know, it doesn't. It really doesn't work that way. And and uh, but women, I think, are as a general statement, are much more compliant than men. And um, so, for the most common heart medications, are there different doses for women? I mean, mostly women are smaller than men. Their arteries are narrower. Um, yeah, just built uh, differently. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it has to do with weight and, and body frame and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, one of the trends that's starting to develop now is around genomics. And, and there are pharmacies out there that are starting to supply that. And that's your own DNA makeup and how you handle handle medications on a, on, on a regular basis. But a lot of what you speak of is true because, you know, obviously a, a woman has a, a much smaller frame, um, and, and so the dose needs to be changed because most dosages of heart medication are, you know, based upon one's body weight. So the good news is there's a lot of choices out there of different medications to use. Some work, some don't, but, you know, and then the variety of doses uh, that exist, you know, most of these things need to be, as we would say, titrated or yeah. gradually increased or decreased. So, Okay. Uh, we've got a call from Stephen in Parkdale. Hello, Stephen. Hi, I'm one of those non-compliant men. Oh. <laughs> now, tisk, tisk. I'm on, I've got me, about me too, prescriptions. <laughs> and so are you non-compliant too? Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. Com- comforting, isn't it? <laughs> okay, now, go ahead, Stephen. What I'd Steven. like to know is why, when you get a prescription, do they not just label on that prescription, why, you know, because I forget half the time, why am I taking this? Whether it be cholesterol, whether it be for my uh, blood clot, whether it be for my, you know, water retention, whatever. Yeah. Why do they not say on the prescription why you're taking this? Yeah, I think, um, Stephen, are you on multiple medications or just one? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm taking about eight different things. Oh, wow. yeah. So there are there are pharmacies for sure that will help you out with that. And, 
it's a very asked question that uh, that uh, that you you pose, and I don't see any reason why, if you, just by simply asking, you would do it. Now, oh uh, no, no, I have no trouble with my pharmacists. They're very good yeah. people. It's just yeah. I'm saying what well, why. You know, it should be an automatic, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Stephen. Like, uh, believe it or not, the way a label works, it's very controlled, believe it or not, by regulations and legislations and laws about what you can put on there and what you can't. It sounds silly to everybody, but it's it's standard. So, you know, when we have a a computer that spits out this information onto your label, it's very standardized. So without some sort of intervention to say, hey, you know what, I want to have the, the, the condition put onto that label, it won't do it automatically. So you have to ask for it. But, uh, but that, what you bring up is a very good point because, uh, but for it to happen, you'd have to change the whole legislation of, of what goes on a prescription label because it's very, very regulated. I, like I said, it sounds it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. So, so can you ask your pharmacist to label them? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Stephen. And in fact, most people use one of about three different computer systems, uh, you know, across Canada. And uh, all of them, all of them, the pharmacist has the ability to kind of alter it a little bit. So... Okay, excellent. Well, I'm sure they will. As I say, I'm uh, very pleased with my pharmacist. So. Well, that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Libby. Uh, Have a good one. Okay. Keep warm, uh, Whoops. <laughs> uh, so Stephen is on uh, a lot of different medications. Yeah. Uh, so it, is there anything in particular? I mean, the, uh, the conditions, I'm sure, are related. It, it's um, cholesterol, yeah. hypertension, all of that. Well, and, and that's, exactly, that's exactly it. No condition more than cardiovascular disease sort of is impacted by as many different things as, you know, as, as heart disease is. So, uh, you know, uh, obesity and diabetes, which are very strongly connected, um, you know, uh, heart disease itself, high cholesterol, hypertension, you know, all of those things, you know, um, precipitate heart disease. And they all have different ways to, you know, be be controlled. And that's why, you know, like Stephen said, he was on he's on multiple, multiple medications. And that's uh, it's an issue uh, because then it becomes a real issue to how to how to adhere to him because more than likely he doesn't have to take them all the same way. So that's where the pharmacist role comes in to kind of help you manage that. So we have lots of different tools to do that. So And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be a scold, but is it possible that the fact that he himself says that he's not non-compliant, might that be a reason behind him having to take so many that he doesn't really take? Well, yeah, and that's a big problem in Canada is that you know, we, we're in a kind of a climate where we just keep adding and adding and adding, and sometimes we don't subtract as much as we add. So as a result, you just keep taking medication to correct something that, well, maybe you don't really need to correct it, or or you just buy a simple change in another way, like lifestyle changes or diet or something, you control it in a better way. So, Okay, let's hear from Bill in Oshawa. Hello, Bill. Good afternoon, Libby, and to your guest, Dean. Hi, Bill. Hi. I have a question about Novacin ASA, which I take for my arthritis. Is, to, to your knowledge, is there inter, interaction between it and grapefruit? I like my grapefruit in the morning. Uh, you're safe there, Bill. Uh, the grapefruit uh, uh, interaction is with um, what's called statin, uh, statin drugs. Oh, and, I see. And, and I that, don't take statins, no. Yeah, so that's all the, 
um, you know, there's a whole number of them, rosuvastatin and atorvastatin, and they're known by Lipitor and Crestor and names like that. But that's the interaction with grapefruit, and it's a significant one, so you have to watch it. But with Novacin, you don't really have an issue with that at all. Does that drug interact with any other fruits or vegetables? Uh, Novacin, no, not, not, not really. I mean, uh, the only thing I would say about grapefruit, and I just thought about it as, as you were saying, is because it's ASA-based, and ASA is kind of tough on your stomach, if you add something too acidy to it, then you, you know, you can get things like heartburn and stuff. It's not going to impact the way the medication works, uh, but it could cause you a little bit of... Oh, that was going to be my next question, because I understand this Novacin, this ASA version, is a time release, and would the grapefruit affect its ability to release slowly Um, or quickly? Yeah, well, so the way uh, sustained release products like that work is it... It typically is a dry, I'm going into a little bit of science here. <laughs> so it, it goes through your stomach into your small intestine because some drugs are, are absorbed in your stomach. Other ones are absorbed in your small intestine. So, so, so that, they slow it down so it passes through your stomach. Then you're going to get the most out of it if it gets into your small intestine. So that's why, why those things work that way. So sometimes if you disrupt that... Um, and there are things that will dissolve an enteric coat uh, on, a, on a medication, and then it gets released in your stomach, and it doesn't work quite as well. So, but but food, uh, you know, like I said, you're you're pretty good with anything with uh, with Novacin. Thank you very much for your advice, and good afternoon to you both. Okay, good afternoon. You. Okay, people, uh, we have to take a quick break. Before we go to break, I'm going to give you the numbers again. I'm here with our trusted contributor from the OPA. Dean, and he is taking your calls and your questions. Uh, We're talking about Heart Health Month, but also whatever you want to talk about. Uh, The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we will be right back. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Dean Miller. We've been talking about Heart Health Month. He's taking your calls and your questions, and the lines are piling up, so let's go right there. Sharon in Barrie, hello. Hi, Libby. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, we're, we're slow on the bell again today. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I have glaucoma, and I've just about exhausted all the drops. The pressure in my eye is up to 20 and these are the last drops I'm taking. Uh, I'm just allergic to them, and uh, my eyes get red and sore, and I can't keep taking the drops that work. I was just wondering if there's something new on the market coming out. I don't want to have the operation uh, if I don't have to, (laughs) to relieve the pressure. Um, You know what, Sharon? I don't, personally, I don't know of anything that's groundbreaking. I mean, that might be something that, you know, we could do a little bit and kind of report back on a future show for you about as well uh, about glaucoma and and you know whether there's uh, something uh, new on the horizon. I mean, most drugs, like you said, they all work on the same principle, and that's the reduction of the pressure in your eyes. And mm-hmm. it's 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 well, right now it's up to twenty, and I go back to my uh, eye specialist in three months, and if it gets any higher. He'll want me to have the operation, but it seems right. like there's so many side effects. I'm a little afraid of doing that. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wish I had better news for you on something groundbreaking, but mm-hmm. but they all sort of work along the same line. So. Okay. I'll just have to hope that it doesn't get any higher. But thank you. Thank you for um, You're quite answering welcome. my call. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Okay, Joan in North York. Hello, Joan. Yes. Um, I hope you can answer this question. Um, I've been diagnosed with hyperparathyroidism, and I've gone from 220 pounds to 140 pounds, but I'm still taking the same blood pressure medication. Oh, wow. You think this will change after I have the surgery for the hyperparathyroidism? Well, just the mere drop in weight of 80 pounds, uh, that that probably has dropped your blood pressure. Do you regularly monitor it, Joan? Yes, I do. And, And have you noticed it fall? No change at all. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. And um, my sodium is so low, I have to keep taking more and more sodium. Yeah. Which I guess is all from this hyperparathyroidism. Yeah. Well, see, when that happens, it can also, you know, impact sort of the way that your blood vessels, you know, dilate and constrict, right? So that's probably, um, you know, keeping your blood pressure level at a, at a higher rate. And like typically, if you lost that much weight, you'd see your blood pressure fall just because you have a smaller frame. This is frame. what I'm wondering. Do you think it would be from the disease process? Well, I'm going to guess that if you haven't seen a decrease in your blood pressure, absolutely you're, you're seeing... Sorry, I'm losing you. Keep cutting out. Oh, sorry. I, I think that the that absolutely what's happening here is that your condition is probably impacting your your blood pressure to keep it at that higher rate because there's no real other reason to to uh, certainly weight has a huge huge factor on it mm-hmm. and, and by losing that much that like this eighty pounds right hasn't changed it so yeah. I just wasn't didn't know if you were aware of it or if, I mean it's not yeah that I mean it happens there. I mean it's more common than you think um, but typically you know one of the things that people that have that overactive thyroid will notice that the it's blood pressure... It's not the thyroid, it's a parathyroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the parathyroid gland, it's, it's on the, on the thyroid gland, thyroid, but, but it yeah. can impact sort of the way that your, your, your hypertension, uh, you know, is affected. So it's... The two kind of go hand in hand with each other, so... Okay, Joan, thank you for that. Okay, thank you. I really didn't hear what he said. He kept breaking up. Oh, no, it's, I think that would be your phone, not, not our studio. Okay, well, I hope it's... Okay, thanks okay. for thanks a lot. letting me on. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, Marlene in Oakville. Hi, Marlene. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, my question... First of all, I want to say I have been in sick in bed for the last four days with the flu, although I did have a flu shot. Um, I think it's the flu. It's more than a cold for sure. It's a, it's a flu, I think. But my question is, I'm, my, my grandchildren have something very important going on on Saturday in church where I'm supposed to be attending, not only attending, but being part of it. And uh, I mean, I'm, I will only go if I feel 100% well enough. But if I feel well enough to go, will I be still spreading a- any germs in their car and around them and, and endange, endanger them to, to get ill? So uh, um, now the timing's important here, uh, Marlene. So, so you've... You're just coming out of having the flu now, kind of thing. Like you still, you still feel like you're. I mean, you have the 
malaise and the and the tiredness and your joints are they still aching or do you have fever i'm sorry i can't hear you too well do you Um, have fever i'm just wondering about your symptoms and stuff are you still feeling like uh you know do you have a fever do you no i I don't have i don't think i had a fever but uh i'm feeling woozy and uh I'm a, not terribly congested. I cough once in a while in between. Yeah, well, and you know, if it truly is the 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 flu, and I think you're, you know, you're saying it is. I I I would be very cautious about going out in into a, a public space, a a large public space like that. You know, typically, you know, you're more contagious in the early early stages, and then. But if you're still suffering with symptoms, and that's only two days from now, I think that it probably be best to, you know, to stay at home and rest and and still not go. Even yeah. though I would, but I told them I can only come if I feel a hundred percent well. But I mean, if I'm not feeling that bad today, but I I wouldn't go out yet. But if I feel yeah. I, if I would feel on Saturday like I feel today, I would not go. Yeah, okay, exactly. well, it sounds like uh, you have your your decision there, um, Marlene. We wish you all the best. Get well soon. Yeah, okay. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank okay. you. Uh, we have time for one more quick one. Alan in Alora. Hello, Alan. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I had a double lung transplant almost six years ago now. Wow. Yeah. The medication's kind of killing me, though. I got kidney failure and lymphoma, skin cancer, liver failure. Wow. So I wonder, nobody's ever suggested dialing this stuff back. Dean, what do you think? Well, yeah, it's a tough one because a lot of that stuff, uh, Alan, is, is, is medication that has a lot of impact on conditions that can cause the, I mean, there's, yeah. you know, I don't know what you're on, but, you know, there are medications there that, do have some impact on cancer causing itself, right? And, and after almost, I guess, is number one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a, a, a transplant, especially a double transplant, is a tough thing. And you know, they probably told you you're on those medications for the rest of your life. That's right. And yep. uh, I mean, there are other choices, uh, but um, you know, more than likely, yeah. you know, at least some of it might be precipitated from those meds. I guess I just need a kidney transplant, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Thanks, well, well, it's it. great that you have a sense of humor about this. Yeah, I'll say that amazing, much. Eh? Everything's great. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, okay, Alan. bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, well, wow, that's great. Uh, a lot of health problems, good sense of humor. Got to hand it to Alan. Yes, for sure. Uh, and, uh, Dean, uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes, thank you, Libby. And uh, that's it. That's all the time we have, uh, people. Free for All Friday is tomorrow. Uh, All week we had to leave a lot of calls unanswered because uh, people really want to weigh in on all this stuff that's happening uh, inside the Tory party and the race for the leader and and the election coming up. So uh, tomorrow we take your calls to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And uh, as usual, we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.